11:23 through 28. By faith, Moses was hidden by his parents for three months after his birth because they saw that the child was beautiful and they were not afraid of the king's edict. By faith, Moses, when he was grown up, refused to be called a son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to share ill treatment with the people of God than to enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin. He considered abuse suffered for the Christ to be greater wealth than the treasures of Egypt, for he was looking ahead to the reward. By faith he left Egypt, unafraid of the king's anger, for he preserved as though he saw him who is invisible. By faith he kept the Passover and the sprinkling of blood, so that the destroyer of the firstborn would not touch the firstborn of Israel. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Over this month, we are looking at wrestling with a question, considering what does it mean to be becoming whom God has called us to be. And we're looking at this 11th chapter in the letter to the Hebrews because in this 11th chapter, not only do we get a working definition of faith, but we also get a litany of examples of faith that the author gives to us to help us understand different aspects of what does it mean to walk in the grace of God and respond to God's grace in faith. And so today, the person that we are looking at is Moses. Now you can find Moses' story there in Exodus chapter 2. That's where we get him being rescued from the bulrushes in the basket. I saw a meme this week that said, you know, if your life is in shambles right now, remember that Moses started out as a basket case. I'm not sure what to do with that, but I thought, you know, hey, it's Moses. I saw it, divine intervention. I'm going to mention it at least in the sermon. You'll also discover in that account that, of course, Moses was rescued by Pharaoh's daughter. He was raised in Pharaoh's court. And then he learned that he was not of Pharaoh's lineage. He was a Hikru a Hebrew, one of those who were enslaved in Egypt. And Will would learn, as you continue reading that chapter, that he had been out observing the Hebrews and their life and their treatment and what was going on, and he sees this Egyptian guard beating this Hebrew slave, and so he kills the Egyptian. The next day as he is out, he sees two Hebrews arguing amongst themselves and goes and interjects himself into the fight. Says, brothers, we shouldn't be arguing among ourselves. And he, one of the Hebrew children looked at Moses and said, well, who made you judge and arbitrator over us? Are you going to kill me like you killed that Egyptian guard? He knew that word had reached Pharaoh, and indeed it had. Pharaoh had said that he wanted Moses dead. So Moses ran, ran away from Egypt, winds up in the land of Midian, helps some uh, women draw water from a well from some shepherds who were being nefarious. Well, the priest of Midian, named Ruol or Jethro, depending on which part of chapter 2 you're in, arranges for Moses to end up marrying one of his daughters, Zephaniah. 
And Moses has a son. And Moses gets his own flock, and his flock grows. And so now then, a few years later, this guy that was out on the lamb from Egypt is raising lambs, and life is pretty good. And then we get to the story of Moses and the burning bush, right? Most of us know that story. Charlton Heston portrayed it in the Ten Commandments. Moses turns aside as he is keeping watch over his own flocks to notice this bush that is on fire, but it's not consumed by the fire. And from the midst of the burning bush, Moses hears the voice of God speak. First thing he tells Moses is take off your shoes from your feet, take off your sandals from your feet, because the place where you are standing is holy ground. And Moses does, and God starts to tell Moses his plan and Moses starts to argue with God, doesn't he? And that's oftentimes where I've heard about the burning bush is Moses making argument with God because he does. You can't deny it. For the bulk of the rest of the chapter, Moses is arguing with God with every excuse Moses can come up with as to the reason why he is not the one to go and do this. He tells Moses that he stutters. He tells Moses that he, he, he doesn't know uh, really anyone in Pharaoh's court and, and, and that even if he got there and even if Pharaoh would see him, Pharaoh's going to ask him who has sent him. He doesn't even know God's name. You know, he gives them every excuse that we can. And usually when we talk about Moses, we talk about this with his making excuses and how we make excuses with God and all of that is valid and all of that's true. But one of the things I want us to remember is Moses had a really good reason for doing that. God isn't calling Moses like he called Abraham. God isn't looking at Moses and saying, Moses, I want you to step out in faith and go somewhere you've never been before and do something you have never done before. What is God calling Moses to do? To go back. To go back from a place where he escaped from. To go back to a place where people wanted him dead. To go back and face a sin that he had left buried literally in the sands of Egypt. This isn't a story of rags to riches. This is a story of riches to rags, back to riches. After Moses has escaped, after Moses has settled, after Moses has a family, after Moses has a, a life that is good. In fact, after Moses stopped going by Tutmosis, as his Egyptian name is, and just shortened it to Moses, or maybe Mo among his friends. God is calling Moses to go back to pain, to go back to a hurt, to go back to a place that Moses had gotten out, out of, ran away from, had left. That's the reason why I believe the author to the letter of Hebrews uses Moses as an example of faith. You see, it's one thing for us to wrestle with God calling us when we know God is calling us to go in a new direction. But what happens when God's call for us is to stay right where we are? What happens when God's call on us is to go back and something that we thought we had left behind? See, Moses 
had found freedom. Moses had found the promise of God. But the problem was, was there were all of Moses' brothers and sisters of the Hebrew faith that were still trapped in Egypt. And God didn't just want Moses to experience freedom and promise in a new land. God wanted to keep a promise all the way back to Abraham. Remember last week, for those of you who were here, when we went back and read in Genesis, I said there's a little part there that's going to be important because remember what God tells to Abraham? Remember that your offspring will be enslaved in a land that is not theirs for 400 years, and then I will redeem them. And God's going to do that by sending Moses back. Now, you know the rest of the story. Moses did go. God told him to take Aaron with him so that Aaron could speak so Moses didn't have to stutter in front of Pharaoh. And Moses, under God's authority and in God's power, opened the door and introduced Pharaoh to this God who was going to visit ten plagues on Egypt. And finally, finally Pharaoh gets the hint and lets God's people go. Now there's more to that story, and we'll look at that next week. But it started with the faith of Moses to not go forward into something brand new, but to go back where God was leading him to face something that he had gotten away from. This type of calling takes a lot of discernment because I guarantee you for most of us sitting in this room and maybe for most of us watching online, we have had something in our lives of varying degrees that we have left because we knew God was calling us to leave it. But sometimes God isn't interested in just us moving on. We're being restored, yes, but there's some more work there. I'll quote another couple of memes that I've seen. I won't quote them directly because they all can be watered down into one, one kind of point. Have you seen any post pictures, that type of stuff, where folks say, I have been wounded, I have been hurt, so now that I cut you off? Now, is that really the call of a Christian? Does that mean that we are to allow ourselves to be taken advantage of, to be placed in violent situations, to be abused and used? No. But does it mean that, oh, you have said something on my Facebook page that I didn't like, so tut tut, now I'm going to unfriend you? Does it mean that someone said something in a Sunday school class and it kind of made us upset, so tut tut, I'm just going to leave? Oh, now, preacher, you've gone from preaching and going to meddling now. Does it mean that we will do for one that we would not do for another? The hard question for me that I want to share with you is the question when we study the example of faith of Moses is who is not welcome at our table? Oh, now I know, I know that we have a saying that we welcome everyone in the church, but I want to ask you a question. Who in your hearts would you have heartburn over if you saw them approach the table of grace? 
Who is it that you would say to the person sitting next to you, I can't believe that they're here? I can't believe that they're wearing that. I can't believe that they would show up. Let me push it even further. Who wouldn't be welcome in your home? Who have you written off? And here's that discernment piece. Maybe God has said to you, shake the dust from your heels and leave them be. Or maybe God has said, you know the number one person who's, when someone's wounded, you know the number one person they'll listen to? Someone who's got scars. Someone who's been broken. Someone who knows what it's like to be hurt. Someone who's been where they are. You see, God could have called everybody. He does. And God could have called anybody to go and ransom the Hebrew children. But here's Moses. Someone who understands how Pharaoh's court works. Someone who understands what it's like to have their life turned upside down. Someone who understands what it's like to be beaten and to be left and to, be, to feel like they've been lost and abandoned. Someone who knows what it's like to have their life restored and someone who knows the way. So God says, yeah, Moses, I know you murdered that Egyptian and I know you fled and I know you've got all of this stuff. I know you've got a speech impediment. I know that you don't know one den of the of the mule from the other. But you're exactly, because I can't help but think that those things that Moses experienced, no, I don't think God caused them, but I think God put them together just for this moment. The stuff that we want to hide the most, the stuff that we want to pretend like we don't have, the feelings and the emotions and the mistakes in our past that we want to bury in the deepest parts of our hearts. You know, that's the stuff that God redeems, right? That God says, you know what, I'm so sorry you experienced that and I was trying to get your attention, but you know, that free will thing, you've walked right on into it. But why don't you give it to me because I know someone that I'm going to put in your path this week. And they're right where you were. And I need them to see through you just what I can do in their life. Because you found freedom and I want to offer freedom to them. It's, it's still a challenge when God wants to call us to go somewhere we've never been before. But I would say that the greater challenge is when God wants us to go back. I know we have the faith to move forward. But do we have the faith to go back? To trust that God really does what God says God will do. Moses found it to be true. And I'm pretty sure we will too. Hello, my name is Kevin Payne, and I'm the senior pastor here at Bluff Park United Methodist Church. Thank you for joining with us in our podcast of our worship celebration, the sermon this past week. I pray that you found it a blessing and that it enriched your life. 
If you are ever in our area and would like to join with us in person, we are located at 733 Valley Street here in Hoover, Alabama. Our service time is 10 a.m. and we would love to meet you. I pray you have a blessed week and hope to see you soon. Bye now.